We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's time for KNC. What? The real KNC. It's called the only KNC now, right? Best producers in the market. Morning show producers. Curtis and Ken. I love those guys very much. Podcast stars. Oh, how do you not know that? And you'd be like, ah, Curtis, idiot. Lumpy. Come on, Lumpy. Lumpster, you moron. And now. 5.30 a.m., the real KNC to live radio every Monday, a half hour before the show. Live on the air? Live on the air. (laughs) 93.7. This place is going to drop in ratings. Ken Laird and Chris Curtis on your radio. I think it's a bad idea. Here's Ken. Can I just say something to you, Ken? Yes, you can. I love you. And Chris. Ken and Curtis aren't adults. They are sycophants. Both of them will try to make me look like an ass. On Sports Radio WEEI. Well, you picked a nice week to go away, Curtis. Good planning by you. Oh, man. What happened? Banana today? I have had probably thing on your MacBook? 25 bananas since I woke up <laughs> 6.30 a.m. Hawaiian time on Friday to a different world. We are indeed live. It's the pre-show of some kind of a show. Uh, the pre-show has survived. This is the only thing that has survived. It's Ken and Curtis. Uh, Mutt will be joining us uh, coming up at 6 a.m. this morning. We have much to discuss. He's getting us coffee. And this is indeed live. Uh, uh, many people hear this show, which has become a powerful show, I must say. Uh, maybe too powerful. Immense, the power this show has. I'm sometimes not aware of my own powers, but I'm almost psychic or uh, prescient or uh, what's the best way to phrase that or... Um, I think that you saw the future before any of us could possibly understand it. And it's amazing because we're going to get to Reamer this morning because he was the one person who was most rattled, who viewed this show as his, I don't know what, uh, a guy that uh, he would lose his mind based off the words that we said on the Real KNC podcast. And I listened last week when... Reamer and you did the podcast. Right, Reamer filled it. First of all, how did you feel about Reamer filling in for you? Because I had a choice to make. You were gone. You left me. Right. It was our first time since we started the I pre-show. I was sitting in a studio right in downtown <laughs> Kauai. Which actually is sad. You texted me every day. Literally every day. You were listening to the show in Hawaii. You're on some tropical paradise, and you're listening to the remnants of Mutt and Callahan. Well, I went through all my songs on my iTunes, for you know, and then I had to go <laughs> listen to the podcast, hear how the show was doing. Bare Naked Ladies, the entire playlist. Oh, my God. Good. Bare Naked Ladies was one week. I was in Hawaii listening to them the whole time. And but your no, favorite song is? Uh, if I Lost a Million Dollars. Correct. Uh, but the <laughs> I was listening to the show, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, Reamer's in at 10, and he's already here at 5.30. I later found out that you guys recorded it Sunday. We recorded but, it Sunday. He had requests for things to be edited out afterwards, so he was very course. particular. He was like, please take that out. I don't want to get in trouble. Corporate Reamer. But, uh, I promised him, by the way, at the end of that podcast that I would not criticize him anymore going further. It was just uh, not in the best interest of him or the show. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to stick by that today, but uh, go ahead and continue. But so I listened to that, and you know, I thought it was pretty benign, your commentary on Jerry, but it certainly must have been listened to by the powers that be here as you were discussing how the possible um, exodus of Jerry Callahan would impact Alex Reamer. Yeah, and, and by the way, this was the first thing Jerry mentioned when coming back Wednesday after his vacation for his final three days, as we as we now know, and uh, he wanted to talk about this, which I, I couldn't really understand at the time why he was so upset about it. And 
I promise you, I have no, I had zero idea this was actually coming. I promise you. I, I promise I mean, you. You and Zarbano obviously know. You're in every meeting here in corporate. Curtis. I thought I knew things. I thought I was in the inner circle, but I'm certainly not. But the, I probably should be now included in it in every meeting because I obviously know what's happening. Exactly. So I'm listening to this, and it was one of the many things, and we'll get to it today, 6 to 10, all day long, we're going to be celebrating the remarkable career of Jerry Callahan. Yep. But what one of my favorite things about Jerry was when he would return from a vacation, I never knew what would be sort of in, foremost in his mind how he would start the show. One time... It was after you and I, a couple years ago, did a show during Christmas break, and we discussed his commentary during the um, Patriots Day movie that we saw together. Oh, his movie talking right, uh, which was just, I I didn't even think of it when we discussed it, because it was clear he was talking to his wife, explaining (laughs) to her different parts of the movie, Like, and I thought it was weird that this cinephile, this Jerry Callahan, who would mock me relentlessly about my lack of movie knowledge, was a movie talker. And so we discussed that. I think Kirk called into that show. And, you know, I didn't even think it, think twice about it again. He comes back, New Year, he sits down, and he's just going, Curtis, I, you know, Ken's a sock puppet, but Curtis, you're an idiot. <laughs> I wasn't talking. You were right next to me. I don't know what you were listening to, but he just lost his mind. Totally lost his mind. By the way, minutes. I hate to even say this because I know we were going to praise Jerry up and down for four hours today, but I went to live boxing at Encore, which is a tremendous night. It was tremendous also – very odd in many, many ways. Of course, I was there with Jerry and Wiggy and uh, the president of Encore, Bob DeSalvio, and his lovely wife, Francine, and they hosted us, and we had this great dinner at Rare, the steakhouse there. Oh, and I, I filled in for Mutt, basically, because Mutt was on vacation. Right. My first live boxing ever, and I kid you not, Jerry is not only a movie talker, he is a live no. boxing talker, like a rabid boxing talker. He's, <laughs> like, describing blow by blow. He's doing his own scorecard? Own <laughs> scorecard. Who, who's going, down? Greg's going to win. Greg's got him. Greg's I had on the road. 10-7. Totally. And he's like, but he's a celebrity there because like Mickey Ward's brother is there and he remembers him from when Jerry was covering him at the Lowell Sun and he's coming up and giving him hugs and, uh, you know, everybody's coming to wishing Jerry well. But as much of a movie talker as Jerry is, and who could upset me for saying this, he is a boxing talker big Uh, time. Jeez. Wow. It is incredible. It's not surprising though. Oh, of course not. I mean, he was clearly a movie talker. And so it was like when I watched that game with Phil Simms in the press box and he wouldn't shut up in the (laughs) middle of the game when he was not on the air. It was kind of like that. Anyway, sorry. So I say that movie-talking story to say this, that he returns Monday morning, and I'm sure you, like me, when he was flipping out at me about the benign comment about his talking during Patriots Day, yeah. he lost it on you. And it was his his sort of uh, angle with you, what he would always sort of use to needle you, because you're an on-air host, you're a talented guy, not just a, a great, you know, the best producer we have in the city, but you're also a a, a talk show host. And so... The way he sort of needles you is by saying, you're the greatest button, greatest pusher. button pusher ever. And so he was uh, saying, because uh, I believe Alex asked Jerry how he enjoyed the Mutt, Curtis, and Ken shows. Right. And Which he didn't listen, by the way. So, and there's a hint that he didn't listen. Something he texted us. He had no, he said we should, either he didn't listen or he went out of his way to make a, he listened and uh, tried to pretend he didn't listen to our shows. He asked a, uh, a text question regarding a topic we discussed. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it was something that we had clearly addressed we multiple had gotten times. Yeah, he's like, you should get into this on the show this right. week, right? So, anyway, so yeah, so he was a he was not happy. He with, didn't it, right with you planning his um, replacements right. and what that would set forward for Alex Alex Reamer's future at the station. That worries me too. You say that Jerry's the only reason why I'm like still on often. I mean, that it's a, why. You, if you think well, I'm good on that's the air, not my choice. I just the reality of the situation is you would agree. You are tied 
very strongly to Jerry Callahan. Jerry loves yes. you here. I love Jerry. Glenn directly rebukes you as being a part of their show. The fourth voice, right. Dale been... doesn't want you as part of his show. I guess not. If Jerry leaves, I just foresee a scenario where powers greater than mine would put a three-man crew in that would not include you. I would, oh, I would a permanent, for you. On a permanent basis? Yes. No, probably not. The casting not. couch would be done. Would be done. Right, it would be. And then well, what happens to... I mean, in that situation, there's a million unanswered questions as well. Yes. Um, oh, I agree. I mean, that, that would be a seismic uh, type of situation. There's yes. no doubt about it. He was already rattled there. My God, you can hear it in his voice. He is yeah. concerned about the future and the brand of one Alex Rumor because his biggest advocate, his strongest voice of support in this building is and was Jerry Callahan. Now, you talked to Reamer over the weekend. Yes, uh, I got a call from Reamer yesterday. We have a power lunch tomorrow at 1230. Uh-oh. Picking out the ba- the best date spot in the South End. We Notice get... he didn't invite me to that meeting. Of course not. No, he's he's uh, looking to... Um, he's going right to the top. Get, right to the power player <laughs> in the uh, corporate hierarchy. Getting in the uh, good graces again. And uh, so we're meeting Glenn up. had a good line. He was already underneath Hillman's chair. Uh, it was a good line. It was a great line by Glenn. But this weekend was a master class in talk show hosts taking Jerry Callahan's premature exodus from WEEI and making it about themselves. <laughs> so you had Alex Reamer, who everything, it's me, myself, and I, he's talking about you know how Jerry believed in this 20-year-old punk kid, did listen to the text line, and he was just awesome. You know, So we got into that whole thing. You had Glenn Ordway, who immediately took how Kirk and Callahan was a number one rated show very recently, how the station <laughs> was doing great, and that we're in turmoil. He loved that word. And then he got into, and Ordway Merloni Fourier was number one just months <laughs> a year ago. ago. Two years ago. You want to go look at the ratings? They were number one in this radio station in Morning Drive. Wait for it. OMF was in there midday. We were in number one, number one in midday. This is as recent now as a little over a year ago. A year ago. I love how he accentuates uh, things. things. Yes. This is perfect. Uh, yes. It's, and look, I, I worry about this myself today. We're going to be talking a lot about Jerry. Uh, to not make it about yourself, you know, and, and put you. Of course, you want to tell stories that are, you know, what Jerry meant to you in particular. That's how you make it personal. But 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 Reamer, it, he does come off that way. He comes off as he's he's he, he and talk show hosts are always have you know, across the board big egos. We all do. I love Jerry Callahan in a radio sense, of course. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. He does. Uh, but uh, yeah, I can sense that Reamer's—he's uh, rattled now, and I feel—I feel like an a-hole for that podcast last week. I just want to make it clear. I assure you, I had no idea sure. this was coming. And Friday, it was—it uh, was a stunner. So we're going to get to all of this today. Yeah. We're going to do a lot on Jerry's career, and you know the mo- moments that meant a lot to us, personalizing it, like Glenn and Alex did. But what was it like here? I wasn't here. I was in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. What, Strategically, yes, sir. I was on the on the the Navy bases there, and what happened? You hear the news, Jerry. Hear the news. What time? How did that sort of all go down Friday? Yeah. So after the show, and uh, Reamer and Dickerson and Lucy Burge was here. By the way, she was here for Dino's last show too. Just want to point that out. That oh, she wow. may have been a major factor in this. Uh, Reamer, Lucy, and I were in the back room. Jerry had gone off from uh, a sit down with uh, the bosses, and uh, I didn't think anything of it. I actually thought. It might be regarding you know his contract, and uh, you know, I've been going back and forth on that. Right. It, it, I, as far as I knew, in the last couple months, as it's been now reported, it was you know it's up in August, and he came back in. Um, the boss said, uh, "We need a minute, Alex, please leave." And uh, Jerry said, "I need a box," and uh, you know, surreal is the best way to describe it. You know, you don't want to say in that situation, and uh, just stunned. I mean, 
very little information. You and I really don't know our futures all that much. Uh, uh, we're going to have meetings today. Uh, we're with the company, and that's you know a good thing. So I don't want again. I want to make this about us. Uh, we're not uh, the victims here. Not the uh, people that are suffering. We're still we still have jobs and happy to have them. But we're. Who knows where we're going to be? New morning show coming in here. Are we a part of it? Are we not? We're going to flush all that out here this week. Yeah, there's going to be meetings today after the show. We're going to figure all that out. And, you know, obviously we'll discuss our future when we know concretely what that is. But it was a just a remarkable event that I thought actually Jim Murray across the street had a pretty good tweet about Jerry, you know, saying that, you know, he respects him. He's a competitor, treated him well. But more than anything, this shows how just ruthless and just callous this business can be and how you have a guy like Jerry Callahan who has been here for 20 plus years. I mean, literally people grew up like myself listening to this guy speak for 20 years on this radio station, built the foundation, you know, a great morning show voice, the most important day part. And he was a strong, powerful voice for 20 plus years. And then boom, it's a Friday, it's July. And he says, I need a box. Yeah. And we've gone through this before, I mean, recently here, but a lot of hosts that have uh, come and gone. But, you know, like a lot of them, Michael Hawley goes to uh, television. He had a spot waiting for him. Kirk was reassigned within the organization and then now was at Barstool, so they had places to go. For Jerry, it's a little different right now. He's he's actually without a job. And I know that is going to be tough for Jerry because he wants to work. This is a guy who uh, the phrase has been overused already. He's at the top of his game, but he still is at the top of his game, can do it well wants to work and made it clear last week he's not ready to hang it up. So I know what that's like to be out of a job. I know many people do and it's frustrating. You know, you just you want to you want to do something with your time, especially when you know you've got a lot to offer and Jerry does. I worked with John Dennis during the final months or actually not the exact final months. I worked with Dino leading up to the final months of his time at WEI and that was a guy who was planning his vacation, ready to go, was already in his mind retired right and was you know that was sort of an easy exit for a guy that was done had had a long career and ready to hang him up and Jerry Callahan and the interactions and working with him as I have over the last six years in the past four to six weeks hadn't changed it was the same Jerry Callahan same you know prepared ready to go what are we doing what are we doing get some ideas come on let's go you know in our control room during breaks he was uh, as involved and eager as ever all right, well, coming up, we have uh, on The Real Show, coming up at 6, a lot of uh, the great moments of Jerry here. Tremendous stories. That's one of his and oh, one of his baby. lasting wishes was that were the you and Mutt deliver your uh, vacation story. So that'll be coming up at the top of the hour. We'll talk about Mutt, as we do often on this show, next. That's, I think, the focus. As yep. the pre-show continues, it's Laird and Curtis, the real and only, really the only, KNC. I'm John Willis, and here's what's happening. Congresswoman Ayanna Presley is firing back at President Trump over his tweets targeting progressive Democrats. Trump tweeted that the congresswomen should go back to the crime-infested places they came from. Presley says Trump's tweets are what racism looks like. Sex offender and multimillionaire investor Jeffrey Epstein has a bail hearing today in New York. His attorneys are asking for his release on $77 million bail by putting up his Upper East Side mansion. Patriots owner Robert Kraft says he'll give $100,000 to the families of motorcyclists killed in a New Hampshire crash. Kraft showed up outside Gillette Stadium on Saturday where thousands attended a memorial event for the seven bikers. The bikers were killed last month when a pickup truck with a flatbed trailer slammed into the group. And Paul McCartney ended his solo North American tour Saturday night in L.A. with a little help from his friends. McCartney surprised the crowd at Dodger Stadium by bringing out Beatles bandmate Ringo Starr. Look for plenty of sunshine today with a high near 85. The WEEI Morning Show is coming up in 15 minutes on Sports Radio WEEI. 
But he was also one of these guys, I think, that understood what great radio was about. I don't think we have enough people in the industry now that understand what great radio is about. We talk about a copycat syndrome. Well, it's great to copycat something that's really good. But if you're just copycatting anything, it doesn't necessarily mean it's good. I love when people say, I just want great content. In most cases, con- great content is just a bunch of fill. Jerry produced great content over mm-hmm. the years. He really did. And, you know, from the old show with, with him and Dino to more recently the stuff that he and Kirk did that was uh, a tremendous. And then when that ended, you know, he, they, they were trying to put together something that could work. They brought you guys in and, you know, they had Mutt in there. And maybe Mutt was put in the wrong position. And I'm happy to say that Mutt's going to remain with the radio station. and He's going to work at night. I think Mutt is very, very good at doing that. At, and he's going to be tremendous. Oh, man, what content, content, content coming from Glenn Ordway. That was phenomenal. But I want to start off here, if it's all right with you, Ken, to say we like to mock Mutt. He's an easy target, but he is genuinely the best guy I have ever met in radio. He's a good person on the air. He's a great person off the air. We mock his gambling. We mock his absentee parenting. We mock his driving. But he is as good as it gets. He's as genuine as it gets in this business and any business. He is sort of out of place in radio in terms of just the kind of guy he is. I think he was dealt an impossible hand with this situation. Totally. Going back to the press release that is read by Alex Reamer on the air the next morning. We're in this surreal part. And just for people, for ratings sake, to clarify a couple things. We were number one in the fall leading up to the situation here. We were neck and neck. We won a couple months. It was with Mutt. Jerry. It was mostly and, Mutt and Jerry. I mean, we from, had, Kirk was the remnants of Kirk, and there absolutely. was still the kind of the uh, feeling that he would be OMF back at some was point. was in midday. We were in number one. Right, Glenn. <laughs> but the, the ratings were very good. They were incredibly yeah. strong in this past fall, and the news came, and the press release, which was just a disgrace. I mean, there's no other way to put it. The, dis- the, the press release was literally written like a enemy of the show put it together. Because it was mocking every, it was everything we mocked in one press release, saying that that's what this show is going to be. Right. So anybody that liked what the show was was basically told not to listen to the new incarnation of the show via our company's press release in that situation. So and Jerry had a phrase: "They just keep making it harder." He used to go to that all the time. Yep. It was quite true during that stretch for all of us. And uh, I would agree. I'm very proud of what we did with the Mutton Callahan era. We were second, second in the winter, and we dipped back to fifth in the spring, which I think often happens anyway. I mean. Nobody's here is proud of being fifth, but with everything we were dealt with, and I'm proud of Mutt for, I think, improving a ton over that stretch, too, because you remember at the beginning of Mutt and Callahan, when Kirk was here and not here, he was kind of comfortable, and then once the decision came down, it was like, oh, man, a lot of pressure here. He was starting to feel it from, uh, you know, social media and everything else, trying to replace somebody of that caliber, and I think we struggled a little bit, but he got through the tough times, and we were, I think, we're really getting better. Over the last couple of months, unfortunately, I mean, everything was, I, I think, already decided well by that point uh, by powers greater than us. But I, I, I'm proud of what we put. We they're, put it this way. There are a lot worse radio that has been done than what we did in the about whatever year, nine months that we were all together. Right. In that and, at, and put yourself in Mutt's position. Kirk, you know, on air in there, you know, they did a show together. But Kirk and Mutt are great friends. And so you have a friend who is in the middle of this mental health crisis. Yeah. And is near suicide where, to the point where he's institutionalized and he's at McLean and he's fighting for his life and fighting to you know get happy and be living again. And Kirk's dealing with all of that and trying to get well. And Mutt's in here sort of in his seat 
doing a show with Jerry Callahan and doing a great job at it. And then, you know, middle of November or October, I don't remember the exact month, the press release comes out and it just knocks the knocks the knocks his legs out from under him. And it was a really tough time because really up until that point, you know, the, the it was all praise for Mutt. You know, he was doing a good job. He was filling in. The show was still called Kirk and Callahan. We were obviously going to be that way up until Kirk got well. Other other people got involved and totally outside of you, Jerry, Mutt, and I, none of us wanted anything other than for Kirk to return when he was well. Right. And when that and Mutt was going to be the permanent third man. Right, which would have been a great show. That awesome. was our best show before. You know, people didn't listen to it, but we loved doing it. And, you know, I think that would have been, that was all of our desire. Everybody here wanted that to happen. Unfortunately, due to other people's decisions, that was not the case. And when that press release went out and the show became Mutt and Callahan, Mutt was sort of transformed from this funny underdog on the show, doing the best he could while Kirk was getting well, to the Kirk replacement a-hole who's not Kirk Minahan, when Mutt in, never in a, professed to be that way. In a puffy vest. Right, in a puffy vest doing, oh, <laughs> right. that photo shoot will live on forever. <laughs> Talk about the perfect photo shoot for what that show was treated as by, at this company. That that photo shoot was what we used to put audio clips. Hey, click on this. There's a guy in a down vest next to Jerry who's looking, you know, sideways. Yeah. Well, Friday, the entire Friday for me was the pit in the stomach, just a uh, sickening feeling for Jerry. And being unable to control your future sort of thing. But also, the Mutt factor, I'll give Mutt a little part of that because we're not gonna, it doesn't appear going to be working with Mutt directly beyond today. Right. And uh, you and I love the guy, and we'll miss that. Like, it was so easy. You come into work with just people that you knew, you get along with, your friends. Granted, there were some head and hands moments every now and then from you. I'd look over, and Curtis would be like, uh, uh, Yes. I, but, but I there is nobody I enjoyed working with more than Mike Manansky, and he's going to do great at night, and he's going to be that underdog around here. He's going to be where he belongs in terms of this, his status with the, the listening public, and he did the very best he could, which is all you can ask, and um, you know we love Mutt very much. All right, it's the real and only, truly the only KNC. It's Ken and Curtis. We're still around for today. We're going to get a show to reflect on the career of Jerry Callahan. 22 years, really, right, in the yes. WEI business. 20 years in the morning. And uh, Mutt will be joining us, and he will uh, lead the way, as Mutt only can do. And I, the last request, again, was a Mutt story from his vacation. So I wanted to lead with that. I wanted to come strong. Mutt's story from his trip to North Chelmsford. Can't wait. Coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.